You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. And a good Saturday evening, wherever you're checking us out, on the BetQL Network, produced by Jake Noaker with Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and we're talking a little fighting here on Tapped Out. Of course, John Jones and Cyril Gaon, UFC 285, taking place tonight. We're going to be talking about it the entire show. Lots of other stuff going on, though, in the world of fighting, and a lot of it actually kind of has to do with this fight, Brendan. So first, let's start off with some uh, interesting stuff that one Dana White had to say about Francis and Ganu. I always figured that the relationship ended well enough where Francis possibly could come back one day, and uh, apparently that's not looking too good for the Predator. Yeah, Dana was very strong yesterday. Uh, He said yesterday, quote, it's over, that's over, he'll never be in the UFC again. I never say never, but I'll give you a never on that one. So just completely ruling out Francis Ngannou ever fighting in the promotion again. Done with him. Wow. I mean, I remember when my girlfriend said that to me, and I was still thinking, all right, there's an outside shot. Does she really mean it? It sounds like he means it. Like, it sounds like Dane is petty enough, and he always had the issues with Ngannou, that even if it's good for business, Dane is willing to cut off his nose despite his face. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But burning a bridge to me with Francis Ngannou is that hurts the promotion more than it hurts the fighter. So I, you got to remember, Dana White also said there will never be women fighting in the UFC. And now Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso are co-headlining UFC 285. So never say never. Because Francis Ngannou might might come back, BT and Sean. But he are, do, do you agree? It, in fairness, he did say that within the quote, though, Jake. Like, I get you. But he's also saying, I, I never say never. But I'm giving you a never on that one. Like, there, I mean, like, it does feel almost, uh, I don't know, like Fedor-esque, you know, because he he doesn't like these long played out negotiations uh, and feeling. I think, I think in a part of ways, like, yeah, there is some petty there because, he looks upon right now Francis and sees eh, there's not really any options out there are are there for you, like not not better than fighting John Jones. You you didn't do as good as you gonna as you thought you were gonna do, and so I think this is kind of one of those where he's looking at it and saying, "What are you gonna do? You, you really don't have anywhere to go. Go go have a super fight with Tyson Fury if you think you can." And Jake's not wrong. I mean, he did say that quote about the women fighters, and then obviously, just like a couple of years later, Ronda Rousey was the biggest he had in the entire promotion. That being said, I think that we know at this point, guys, that Dana White's a great promoter, might still be the best in the world, but also 
taking him at his word or pretending like because he said it, he meant it, and it's going to exist. That's not the guy he is. He's willing to say stuff. So I heard him. I saw the quote. I don't believe it. I don't think that Francis Ngannou is completely done with the UFC. I think that Dana's still a little bit bitter right now. That's all I'll say about it. I think it's also, um, I mean, like, man, what a, what a terrible move to, to to close that door, too, because, like, yep. this is what the That's fans want to see. Like, that is the promotions. That That is what you know, this, this fight promotion is built on. You give the fans and the people what they want. If you're just going to have the the stripped UFC heavyweight champion out there, John Jones, if you were to call him out in the octagon, even though it doesn't sound like that's the way it's going to go, but man, we're just, we're just closing the door on that completely. I, I feel like that's just a, a, a bummer for, for us as fans that's- more than anything else. We're losing out on something. That's exactly I don't I don't think Francis is coming back. I, I genuinely think it's over, unfortunately, but that's why I'm saying this because I want Francis back. I love Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou in a main event UFC, there is nothing better than that. So I got I gotta pray, man. I got I gotta hope on something here. Well, Francis is not gonna get the winner of John Jones and Cyril Gan, but I can tell you who is. It's gonna be Stipe. And that's cool that we know who it's gonna be, BT, but Here's the thing, man. Like, if it was John versus Nganu, or when it was Nganu versus Surreal, there was a backstory. Like, I love watching heavyweights. I love watching heavyweight greats. Stipe just doesn't bring the same excitement as that other trio. So it'll be cool. Let's say John wins, and then John's the heavyweight fighter and takes on Stipe. I'm glad we know who it's going to be, and there's kind of some order to the heavyweight division. But it, it feels like after we see this one, we've kind of climaxed. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I would say, yeah, I get you. Steve is not the most exciting fighter in the world as far as like personality, because it's just not his style. But if we're going to talk legacy and we're going to talk about, you know, goats, like if, if John Jones wins this fight, everybody's going to say, well, he's the, he's the undebatable goat. Okay. I don't disagree with that, but Stipe right now has as good a resume as anybody as the greatest heavyweight of all time which has always been a fun debate and you know, he's got two wins over his over, over DC as well. I guess though, John technically has one because one's a no contest, but we all saw it with our eyes, but you know, so you have that tie in there. I I do think that for me, I I, I don't know if it'll be the biggest war of words, but this really hasn't been that either. I, I, I think that the steep fight, which was really supposed to be the original plan anyway, for John's comeback, I still have a lot of buzz for that. I think that's a meaningful fight. I think that it's one of those fights that kind of crosses over, you know, the the John era, the Steep era to this kind of newer aged heavyweight that has been exciting. Um, it still it still has a lot of meaning for me. It still it still holds a lot of weight because of how much Steep has done for the sport and and how much John has done for the sport. So it, it's it, it, it to me still means a lot, even if it is a letdown from Francis. I don't disagree with you. That's the Francis fight's the biggest fight, but if we're not getting it, this is as big as they can do. Last time we saw Stipe in the octagon was against Francis Ngannou. That was back in 2021, March 27th, 2021. So as much as we talk about the return of John Jones, if he wins this fight, then we'll have to talk about the return of Stipe, because at that point, it'll be two and a half, three years before we've seen the firefighter in the octagon. Let's stick with this fight for a minute because going into break, you were talking about a couple of interesting news and notes tidbits about John Jones being um, uh, a little um, pudgy, fat. if you will, right? Uh, you, you say fat, I say fluffy. That's fine. 
that he looks a little bit big. And then the pictures of Cyril gone, some people say, oh, it's nothing on his hand. It's just scar tissue. I look at it and I go, hold on. I broke my hand once before and it kind of looked like that. Do you make anything of the visuals from these two guys? I am more intrigued by Fat John Jones than perhaps Broken <laughs> Hand, Surreal Gone. I think the Surreal Gone, I've seen like a couple of the photos. I think he just has lunchbox hands. I think he's going to be okay. Sure. I don't hold much weight into that. I, I, It's a great find. I actually shot to Jake. It's the one I saw it on his Best Bets video. He's the one I first saw it on Twitter. And then I like went down the rabbit hole. I, I, I don't think that. I'm overly concerned with it. I think he did just, I mean, look, it's a pretty recent injury that he had surgery on. So I think that it's maybe not all the way back or it doesn't look all the way back, but I think he'll be functional with it. Uh, Fat John Jones kind of surprised me. I got to be honest with you, dude. We've been waiting for this great reveal and he looks like one of the Incredibles. Like, you know, he like looks like Mr. Incredible after coming <laughs> off of a, a layoff. You know, I thought we were going to have this, Hulk, I thought he was going to look like Surreal. I thought he was going to look amazing because John Jones had like one of the biggest cartoon character bodies of all time at light heavyweight. Uh, you know, he, listen, he doesn't look like Bartolo Colon, but yeah, I was like, huh, that's what we were waiting for. It's it's just a, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. I got to be honest. Let me throw a big guy in there. You keep talking about him like he looks like Augustus Galoop from uh from uh, Willie Walker and the Chocolate Factory. He don't look that bad, man. He looks like I expected him to. A guy that was chiseled at light heavyweight that just put on a bunch of pounds and ate some pizzas we haven't seen in the last three years. People are talking about him like he's just this giant offensive lineman-looking dude, and he's not. No, he doesn't look like Cyril Gon. I agree with you there. But Cyril gon has been fighting at this particular weight and physique now for at least as long as I've seen him. In the case of John Jones, he's been cutting weight every time we've seen him fight. So I don't know why people are making that much out of it. In the case of Cyril's hand, come on. I mean, Cyril, he's not going to step in and fight the GOAT with a broken hand. I know some of these guys, like in the case of TJ Dillashaw, they have to fight. They want the payday. They're just going to go in there no matter what because they're too tough for their own good. I'd be shocked if afterwards that's what we find out. But I've been shocked before. So I just we'll think see. that here's here's the thing that – do. You, here's the other theory to it. What if – he didn't want any steroid questions coming into this, so he let a little. He left a little uh, cushion there, so there wasn't like this. Uh, oh, John cheated for this fight too. Do you think that's a possibility? No, I don't think he's that clever. And I love John Jones, but like, if you did, you see when he uh, had the meeting? I think it was on Embedded, and he met Tank Davis. Did you, did you see that meeting between those two guys? No, I didn't. Bro, I'm jealous. I didn't see that. Tank, no, you're not jealous. Thank yourself and make sure you never do. So John walks up to Tank Davis, and, you know, John's always somewhat awkward kind of in those type of moments. If you remember the old footage when he was, like, seen with GSP at the same party, they're in the line together, and they're both like, oh, hey, buddy. He's just always kind of a weird guy. guy. He's, he's, been, he's a bit different. He's a bit goofy. It just uh, – you, you need to see the footage. He walks up to Gervonta Davis, and he goes, hey, man, you're a goat. I'm a goat. Man, do you speak the language? It was like – Whoa, that dude. is weird. <laughs> Can you imagine him training with Triple C, which they do? Like how corny that that room actually gets. Anyway, he's great. That uh, uh, I also just I'm just uh, struck by thinking about seeing Javante Davis and how tiny he is, and knowing how big John Jones Jones is. That had to be very. Uh, that had to be a stark contrast. Bro, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. I don't know if I was more impressed how big John is, like we're talking about right now, 
or how tiny Javante Davis is. My goodness. The difference between those two guys is very, very striking. All right, let's move on with news and notes. Jake, Brendan, and the sports machine here on Tapped Out. Um, Darren Till out of the UFC. I don't know why people are surprised with this. Darren Till was one in five in his last six fights. Didn't look particularly good in any of them. And I think that he was a figment of the UFC's imagination, right? Like four or five years ago, he fought for a title against Tyron Woodley. He looked terrible in that fight. He's looked terrible since. They were trying to build up their next, I guess, um, UK star. And it wasn't him. And that's fine. I don't know why people are surprised about this. I'm a little surprised that people are surprised, too. I think, that look, he's a captivating personality um, in and out of the cage. So that's the part of it, you know, when it's a little bit like the Cody thing, right? Like he's got theoretically tremendous knockout power. He's had some weird weight cuts where like he went blind one time because he was cutting so much weight. Uh, Like this, he's just a fascinating guy. Darren Till is interesting. And I think that's the part that we're going to miss if he has got now. It's a little bit of a weird cut because he's like he told on he said on Twitter like oh I've talked to Dana and and the crew and you know I just need to figure some things out I don't know what that means I don't know if he's gonna go fight bare knuckle or what the hell the next thing is for him um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the UFC again I, I but I, his days of being this title contender or is he gonna be anything no I don't think that's ever I I, I don't think that's ever in the cards but. We always talk about him whenever well, – listen, in fairness to him, he always gets headlines whenever Darren Till is on a card. We're going to talk about him. We're going to break him down. We're going to say, you know, is this guy washed? Is he overrated? So he does have that fascinating, uh, fascinating quality to him. But I'm with you. It's a – it's a, I don't find it to be that surprising. BKFC 41, fights have been announced. Dude, they got some good ones. Luke Rockhold takes on Mike Perry. I'm watching and Chad Money Mendez takes on Eddie Alvarez. I like bare knuckle fighting. I find it relatively entertaining. I think that Mike Perry's done a good job of promoting the sport. The fact that Luke Rockhold will get back in there, good for BKFC. As a uh, former official BKFC voter, I am very excited for both of these matchups. Uh, I gave it up voluntarily, by the way. It's not like they stripped me. I mean, that would be the low run if they sure. if, if you get if you get your vote stripped from BKFC. I mean, you should just stop covering all media events of all uh, ever. I will say though, look, I've I've watched a lot more bare knuckle than probably anybody should care to this side of Kimbo. Of course, yeah. But uh, experience matters in BKFC. It does. It's a different sport. There's a there's a different level of aggression that matters in that sport. So I would favor both Mike Perry and Chad Mendes, who both look tremendous uh, and have burst onto the BKFC scene as opposed to uh, Luke Rockhold or Eddie Alvarez. Although Eddie Alvarez seems like he translates to it pretty well. Luke Rockhold, I can see him struggling. All right, you mentioned experience, and last Saturday night, neither one of the boxers had a ton of that. Jake Paul stepped in there with Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury wins by split decision. I mean, it was a, it was an entertaining enough fight. I was hoping that somebody was going to get knocked out. I was hoping Don't to lie. with Jake Paul. What Don't am I lying lie. about? The- I, I wish we had more about. time to talk about this. I'm so I'm done with this, dude. I really am. It's not entertaining. It, it wasn't a good fight. It was it was a tickle fight amongst guys who are very mediocre to bad, and it wasn't entertaining at all. A split decision? No, I'm here to see knockouts. I'm here to see grudge matches. Tommy Fury crying, and I love Tommy Fury, big Love Island fan. But you crying over beating Jake Paul 
was about the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in a boxing ring. I mean, my own legacy. Oh, I had to do it for me, people. Me own legacy. The Furies. Tyson Fury is like, he's <laughs> like looking behind him, like a bit much, baby, bro. I'm sorry, you thought you were getting uh, the Rumble in the Jungle or Hagler Hearns or something like that, you know? Or like you, you thought you were getting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, there you go. Tyson Holyfield. You got that. It is what it is. That's what I thought I was getting. I'm coming up next. Guess who you're getting? Bo Nickel. That's right. Bo Nickel joins Tapped Out. You're locked into the BetQL Network.